Have you heard Jordan Love waited for three years behind Aaron Rodgers to get ready for this moment? What did he actually do? What did the Packers try to improve, to change, to fix? And how are they going to alter this offense to set him up to succeed? Ali Connolly from the Read Optional joins me on today's show to talk about all of it. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Ali Connolly from The Read Optional on the show today wrote a terrific piece It was actually a piece about Aaron Rodgers a while ago, a couple months ago. And it was this monster profile. He spent months reporting it. And he had all of this great Jordan Love info in there. But it was like 3,000 words down in the post. And so he decided, well, Jordan Love is going to start now. Let's see if I can get people to find this great stuff that I had put at the bottom. And he he's funny about it. He he realized like, hey, he joked about it. In fact, when he sent out the newsletter, hey, uh, I probably should have repurposed this in a different way first or sooner. Um, but the read optional is a great, a great newsletter. If you want to learn more about football, I learn about football every time I read it. So go subscribe to him there. Let's get into it with Ali. Joining me now from the Read Optional, one of the best newsletters. If you want to nerd out about football, it is a great resource. I learn something every time I read Ali Connolly's work. Ali joins me now. And and Ali, you wrote this great piece. Well, first on Aaron Rodgers that had all of this great Jordan Love reporting in it. And then you thought, wait, people need to really like have this spelled out for them. Let's put the Jordan Love piece as a separate thing which was a stroke of genius because there's so much great stuff in here. I want to start with a question that I that I always ask in these situations. When you started asking questions about Jordan Love, what did you set out to find? Well, I was a huge naysayer when he came out of college. You know, I just I really thought it was going to go the way of Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. That was mm-hmm. kind of my preconceived bias and I was just fasc- I'm always fascinated by the evolution of the mechanics of the quarterback position because I'm a super dog. And so I was fascinated in that. I was fascinated in the idea of him being broken down and rebuilt. Or as I discovered through the piece, they were like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We want to embrace and change our offense slightly to fit his game and make him be more of a natural thrower, which was fascinating. And I just wanted someone to tell me I was wrong. That's what I was looking for was, has this been three years of hidden behind the scenes with them thinking, oh, we made a massive mistake or were they really following through on the Favre-Rogers 
love succession plan. So it came from that standpoint. I must confess up front that the bias of journalism that rarely gets discussed right. When you write and report a piece on a player and you hear all the glowing reviews and then you see it for yourself during the Eagles outing, right? You get attached to like, oh, I really now believe. And I was a huge right. non-believer. And now I really believe, you know, if I'd report this on Justin Fields, maybe I would be in a slightly different situation. <laughs> but I did it on Jordan Love. I've been green-pilled by the Packers. And now I find myself steadfastly in the camp of the believers. Green and gold-pilled, I think, in this case. Um, let's talk about that Eagles game because the parallels with Aaron Rodgers in this situation in, in particular are crazy because... Once Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers, all you heard about was like the Cowboys game, the Cowboys game, the Cowboys game. That was the moment back in 2007 when the team was like, it's like the Oprah meme, the like, see? And you had this great quote uh, in there from someone that you spoke to in Green Bay. They had this aha moment or I don't know. The I think I think the, the phrasing was, and I'll bleep this in post, the oh shit moment. Uh, what did you find there? Yeah, I, when you, you know, it's one thing to work with a quarterback coach for 50,000 hours away from everyone and be told you got to do this with your feet, you've got to do, do this with your hip, and it's just impossible. I got to say, that stuff, you know, it is such hard work. I don't think people understand how difficult it is to rebuild what how you've naturally thrown since the age of five. It's yeah. so, so impossible. One of the guys who understands this is Aaron Rodgers. They said, sit on the shelf for three years. You have to change every single thing about your natural instincts of throwing the ball. And breaking it down to build it back up is really, really difficult. Now, they did it slightly different with Jordan Love to how it was with Rodgers. As I said, it was kind of an augmented version of how he was throwing the ball anyway. And so I think for them to see it, go from, oh, this guy has real fizz on the ball. There's a real zip to it. It's a really slinky, like almost arrogant, slow, confident, languid release, you know, but the snap to the delivery, but it looks like he's he doesn't care, right? He just looks unconscious throwing the thing. I think yeah. to see that translate to the rhythm and timing of the system, which you go back to the Kansas City game and it is just a disaster, from pre-snap, not understand. I mean, Spags blitzed him like 55% of the time, something crazy like that. Unheard of figures in yeah. the NFL, right? Even for Spags. Most anyone has never, the, the, the most any any quarterback has faced a blitz from C. Spagnolo was that game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, even for him, who is, you know, a maniac and a wants to send yeah. fire against everyone. Yeah. Even he was like, let me test this guy. And more so, let me test him because that's only when those things get charted, right? That's only if five or six guys arrive to the backfield essentially right that doesn't account for all the zone pressures the sims the re-blitzes right. crowding the line and dropping out and he had no idea what he was doing with the protections so many busted protections that were on him no idea what to do post snap staring down to figure out whether the guys coming or not then looking up and the feet being completely out of sync with the rest of the offense and then thinking oh no i'm in deep trouble let me just throw this up for Devonte and hope for the best which is not always the worst plan but didn't exactly go well and so i think for them to see one of the big things that came out from reporting that piece was how angry he was. And that was something I learned about him. I love that. Note. Reporting. I absolutely love yeah. that note. The thing I learned from reporting was he has this really laid back demeanor, at least for me, you know, I'm not following day to day the way you and your listeners are, but he's got a quiet, confident kind of mm. chill demeanor. Yeah. But the, the, stuff that comes back from his private coaches and from the team is that there's a real passion 
anger to learn like that's the driving force and there's like a warrior mentality to him to learn i i compared it before to kobe you know kobe would shoot 50 against the trailblazers then go and shoot 200 jumpers that night because it was never good enough right that level of being so pissed off that you know you messed up in the chiefs game it leads you to that eagles game where everything clicks in a way i don't think anyone was really prepared for right it's like he looks that good that quickly from what happened in kc it was a real eye-opening moment for everyone i think so let's let's back up a little bit from the philadelphia moment we'll get to all the the current stuff but you mentioned this idea of all right we don't have to tear him down to the studs in terms of trying to remake his throwing motion he's got this kind of slingshotty motion we saw it against uh, the Patriots on that Romeo Dobbs long throw. He just hit his back foot and kind of just, Mup. I'm just going to get, I'm just like nonchalant, going to throw it 50 yards, no big deal. What did, what did you find there? And, and what did they actually do to get him so he could have a repeatable, consistent motion? It's less so about the delivery, I think. I think people do when you hear quotes about mechanics get bogged down in the how are they throwing the ball. You know, the training of that has adjusted so much to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the guy who did this right he said hey why what if I generate power from my hip and I stop worrying about all these yeah. linear bullshit teaching manuals you guys have used for 100 <laughs> years essentially and he changed it for everyone where now throwing off platform is the norm is what's expected of you if you can lazily it's throw desirable. Off platform. yes it's, it's desirable for breaking out the structure but even within structure these guys don't care anymore it's like they'll get barked at by the quarterback coach like I don't give a shit. it was a 15 yard out and it was delivered on time and it was fine it's about marrying the footwork to the concept and if you go back and watch the early outings it is so out of whack with where the breaks of the routes are essentially and particularly when they're running as much read stuff down the field as they do you got to be pretty well synced up and they run an awful lot of these kind of multifaceted route combinations that rogers and the floor developed together which was there's one concept to one side of the field one to the other and we will marry kind of your off script artistry can i give you a slight script can you just kind of know where these guys are going to be so the timing concept is one way what would normally be your off schedule throw is the other way but i'm going to add some structure to that so that as it moves from a three to what would be maybe a five or seven as you kind of want to freelance those routes will develop within the sequence of what would be the five or seven classically right it's these these two concepts paired together for love. I mean, that is an awful lot to take on board, right? You're replacing one of the greatest to ever do it. A system built wholly around the way that guy plays football to try and give him a little bit of a box to work within. So to develop those skills of it's both quick game and it's intermediate game on the same concept, depending on where the shell rolls. It's like, whoa, what am I doing here? I sat at Utah State, I dropped back and I can sling the thing. Is that not good enough at, at this level? So it was more <laughs> about tying the rhythm of the footwork, and as you said, being repeatable with that, making sure your eyes are in the right place, that you're tying the footwork to the concept. And that was the huge thing that's been worked on. Back for more with Ali Connolly from the Read Optional in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5. That's right, $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet that $5, I repeat, just $5, will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Do you have it already? I have it already. If you don't, how would you like $100 off? Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props, 
and more, all the Jordan Love overs. Go get them. All the Packers overs. Go get them. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day is next week on the show. We get you ready for week one. It's America's Game of the Week, Packers, Bears. We have some absolute monster guests. Some absolute monster guests on the show next week. I cannot wait. Yeah, and this was something that we heard from Matt LaFleur and even Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that was one of the cool things last preseason when we actually got to see a lot of Jordan Love in the preseason was he was playing in a game and Aaron Rodgers was doing a sideline interview for the Packers TV network. And Rodgers is like raving about Jordan Love, the work ethic, and this idea of tying your eyes to your feet. And that was something that we're starting to see now. His eyes were, were pretty consistently getting to the right places, but he wasn't always on platform to try and make an accurate throw and wasn't always on time. Um, when, when you see the progress that he's made there, is that something that, that based on either your reporting or just your insight into all of this is based on the mechanics? Is it based on comfort? What, what is it with love? I think it's more the comfort and the confidence level. Um, you know, when you go to preseason now, there are actually slightly more concerns, I would say, with the eyes than there was in the Eagles game. I don't know whether that comes down to preparation, slight changes in the offense, slight changes in the personnel working around him or he's working with. I think the eyes is the one that is, if there's any concern with him that's going to get him into trouble, it's just not getting to the right spots all the time. It's funny because LaFleur and the offense has changed so much like year to year they change quite a lot it ends up looking the same often like if you just write down a chart the distribution of things it's like oh that's not too dissimilar to normal but the nuances within how they get to the things change quite wildly and if you see where the league is at now them trying to run and i'm sure you would have got to this some point right they're just going to run the lafleur offense now that's why that's why everyone's asking how much was rogers how much was lafleur is it going to be the whole shebang of the lafleur experience well, LaFleur could not just roll out the offense he would have rolled out when he first got to Green Bay. The, the league has evolved so much defensively, specifically to take away the things he was known for and liked to do. So they're going to have to adapt together and create something new. And an awful lot of that, you know, if you're winning through scheme in 2023, the idea of it being the play action crosser, which has wrecked the league for like four years, right? The Y cross. And you can go and watch this with love in the Seahawks game, right? There's the one play, it's the Y cross. They sit on both of them. And then all of a sudden he has to take off and make a play winning through scheme advantage that way is just not happening anymore. You can maybe hit three or four of them a game. You cannot live like Shanahan with 12, 15 and George Kittler's wide open every other down and no one can figure out why that guy's wide open, right? The way to do it now, the best offense is it's getting into empty. It's going and seeing what McVay did. It's being there 15, 17, the Eagles, 20% of their snaps being in empty. We live in a two to rotate world on defense on the back end. We live in a simulated pressure up front. It's so many moving pieces. The only way to make those guys stop and be static and figure out what they're doing before the snap is to get into empty yourself and keep it static. So all those fun and games of the floor experience, all the motions and shifts and pre-snap movement that everyone is like, oh, bring it all back, bring it all back. It's just not quite as effective as it was when he first got of Rogers. So you're in a situation where for them to win through scheme, it's going to have to be 15, somewhere between 15, 17, 20% of the offense will be in empty. 
And if you go and watch that Seahawks game, when he's an empty, the first play from empty, right? Wide open. Winning. Concept versus coverage. That's the new league. Can you get an empty and win concept versus coverage? Or can you guy take off and make a play? Wide open. There's a deep post shot. And he just passes it up. And the eyes go perfectly to the right spot. And he just decides, I'm not having it. Will he be confident enough in winning concept versus coverage and trusting himself to let it fly? And that's that's what separates the, the league average ones from the great ones that some of those throws are tough, tough throws. If you're good enough, you rip them and you make them. Yeah. You, you mentioned the arm arrogance. One thing that we haven't seen with him uh, is, is put the ball in harm's way. I think he had just a handful of plays, all of training camp where he's putting the ball in harm's way. And it's not just, I'm not going to throw the ball. It's not like Alex Smith. I'm just going to check it down every play. That's, that's not necessarily how he wants to play. That's not how Matt LaFleur wants him to play. They've been taking those deep shots when they've been given those opportunities. When you think about how, how the Packers are putting together this offense, and you mentioned the changes, how does it have to change for Jordan Love from what Aaron Rodgers was being given? Well, I do think, you know, they got to a lot of empty last year too. Empty is the way. I sound like a televangelist on this stuff. I go around all the podcasts in the luckily, world saying everyone should Jordan Love let, lived in empty at Utah State. So there's going to be some sort of comfort level of like trying to ID what's going on in empty, no back to help. Like I just got to figure this out on the fly. Yeah, and it's the creative ways to get to empty, right? I, one of my huge bugaboos that I talked about, I probably discussed on here with you, Peter, before, honestly, is people just throwing out the general motion stats and saying, hey, that you know this team ranks third in motion, therefore they must be good on offense. And never do they give you the context of the motion. What were they trying to do with the motion? What kind of motion was it? So I'm, I, I imagine there'll be a lot of conversation uh, amongst Packer fans about, oh, well, the pre-snap motion rate, will the shift rate pick up? Them finding creative different ways to get it to empty, to clean the picture up for him, that you're just so limited defensively on what you can do versus empty. And as you said, he played in it a ton in college. He should be comfortable. And actually limits some of the need for the rhythm and timing concerns you may have with him within the flow of the offense, right? If he can just sit back and slink it, you know, and, and just sling the ball over the field, that is him in his comfort zone and what they will be able to do, at least with the players they have right now and being able to win through scheme rather than it having to be one-on-one -on -one guys across the board as it ended up being with Rodgers is bring back the middle of the field and the intermediate portion of the field, yeah. which last year just vanished. It was quick game. It was third and short and he and Rodgers was throwing the ball 30 yards in the air. <laughs> it was the most maddening thing. Yeah, speaking of bugaboos. Watch. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was maddening. So if, if anything in that offense, you can bring back the intermediate portion of the field, the middle of the field. I mean, all you will hear analysts say, right, oh, there's two deep shells, two deep shells, two deep shells. Well, where is the open space in the two deep shells? It's, it's in the most difficult part of the field to throw into. Dropping the ball, layering it over linebackers in front of safeties is the most difficult pro in throwing throw pro football. It is what makes the great ones the great ones. Rodgers was the greatest in that area of the field and steadily decided not for me not happening for me. I don't know whether it was like a Devontae, like a trust in the young guys. I have no idea. That is the area of the field they have to punish because if that's what a, a defense is giving you, that's where you have to be great. All right, so what exactly does the Jordan Love offense look like? How can the Packers continue to help him and put him in the best position to succeed? We're going to talk about that with Ollie in just a second here on Locked on Packers. I can't tell you how many times I thought, Oh, it'd be great to go to this show or it'd be great to go to this game. But I don't know. Do I really want to deal with the hassle of going through 
the ticket process of buying tickets, of of researching and finding the best spot. And I'm not super familiar with this venue. I don't know what it looks like. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you're going to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee also means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. How would you like 20 bucks off your tickets? That sounds pretty good to me. Terms and, terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Last minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Go check out what we're doing at The Leap, theleap.football, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And what we're doing on subtext. We're having a blast on subtext. I'm getting your messages reading them, replying to them as fast as I can. We're going to be doing stuff on game day. I'm going to be sending exclusive content. When we come out next week, I'm going to have a scouting report on the Bears. It's going to go to all of my subtext subscribers. Exclusive. I'm not going to do it on this show. It's going to go to your phone and you're going to have it right there. So you're going to know stuff about the Bears before the Bears know stuff about the Bears. Go subscribe. How much do you think some of these young players, Brian Gutekinds had a great line the other day. He said, we weren't trying to get young this offseason. We were trying to get fast. We were trying to be at, as athletic as we can be. So you go out and you get Jaden Reed, who runs you know, high 4.3s, low 4.4s. You get Luke Musgrave, who Tom Pelissero called the biggest fast guy I've ever seen. Um, and, and you mentioned that, that two shell. There was, a, there was a play in the Seahawks game. I think it was the Seahawks game where they were playing the two high, but it becomes Tampa two. That, that linebacker on the inside is bailing hard and they had four verts. Well, dump the ball to the tight end. And when he can run like Luke Musgrave on a little chip release, it's a 10 yard pickup. So how much do you think they, they, can, they can use the speed and the athleticism of their playmakers to mitigate some of the ways that they're going to be defended? Certainly you need speed. Yak is going to be essential to every offense right now. If everyone's bailing out there and it's quarters or it's Tampa 2 and everyone is getting to some version of Tampa 2, it's just how cool or quirky or how different the rotation is. When you freeze frame the thing at the top of the drop, there's about seven coverage concepts in the league right now. It's not yeah. hard to figure out, right? It's just who's the wackiest at getting to the, the different shell, essentially. And that It is funny how we're all back to Tampa 2. Like, that was the coverage to play for 15 years in the NFL. Then everyone stopped playing it and now everyone's doing it again. Yeah, everyone's back to it, but the safeties are spinning in different ways. And, and that does have an impact you know the throwing lanes look different if someone's mugged at the line of scrimmage and descending and dropping out or if someone's rolling down like the the, the pattern of the route distribution changes for you the read changes slightly so it, it does matter if they're getting to it through different ways but the yak will be essential my question for them and it's probably more a question for you honestly if you look at the top offenses in the league now how they are corrupting the two to rotate defense they all have some kind of flex piece who muddies up the box count for the defense anyway. It's some kind of fullback hybrid, which is 
back in vogue. Obviously, I think Wonders got paid seventeen million dollars right before we we started taping. <laughs> you got to go pay those guys, or it's a tight end who can basically detach from the formation, be a Travis Kelsey, and it's just a receiver in in tight end clothing, right? Do the Packers have someone? Maybe it's Aaron Jones just playing in the in the slot a bunch from empty. You need a flex piece somewhere in the offense who can essentially either align on the line of scrimmage, play in the backfield, and play on the perimeter. And if you don't have one of those right now with the way uh, defenses are setting up, it's pretty tough. So I love that you said that because the Packers think they have both of those. Because Tucker Craft, who they took in the third round, is a more traditional Y, someone who did get some some reps in, in training camp as a more fullback kind of player, he is a little bit more like we're going to dump it off and let him go rumble after the catch, played running back in high school. And then they absolutely are obsessed with Luke Musgrave. Like I, I've never seen Matt LaFleur light up talking about a rookie the way that he's lighting up talking about Luke Musgrave. They absolutely love, they think he can be their George Kittle, their Travis Kelsey, their let's flex him out in the slot, attack the middle of the field. And he's good enough in line to be okay they were one of the league leaders in 12 personnel last year. I think you're going to I think you're going to see them lead the league again, but we're going to see them in 12 in empty and that's how they're going to be able to just like live in 12 and I'm really excited to see it. What do you what do you think of that as a plan theoretically? Yeah, I, the funny thing about that and I've I've always struggled with this with LaFleur who I've never sat and interviewed. So I'll, I'll say that it's one of the things I would ask him about is they almost and this may have just been the back to the thing of which was what was Rodgers, what was LaFleur? Obviously, they wanted Mercedes Lewis. They wanted like a sixth tight end. We'll probably never get a lineup. full true answer on that, though, right? Like you no. have to get a, a a pint of bourbon in them to get that. Oh, in. we'll go for a couple of cocktails and eventually yeah. I'll get the napkins out and we can figure out <laughs> whose concept was whose. They had L Lewis functioning as, you know, the sixth yeah. offensive lineman, essentially. But so much of their pre-snap motion game is built around creating an overload at the point of attack is they are motioning to bring an extra hat to the run. Uh, which is not my preferred way of doing it. It's their philosophy, whatever. By doing that, right, you can game the matchups in the run game in a way a team not doing that. A team who's motioning away to try and clear someone out the second level, it changes how the blocking mechanics up front, essentially. So you could always find a way through watching what the defensive front has come out pre-snap to get yourself where whoever you think your weaker blocker of the two is there, let's call it Musgrave, right? He can always be on a down block. He can always be on an easy block. You can always bring the motion to his side. You can find ways to game the mechanics in the run game to make life easier for him just by bringing an extra hat to the party. So you only have to be just barely passable, I think, for that to have all the upside you need in the play-action game and obviously them splitting out to empty. All you're looking to do is get them to stay in base so we can throw against them. That's the entire game plan, right? And to get them to stay in base, they got to respect the run game in, in some form or fashion. And you have to be able to sell the run well enough to be able to get them to bite on the thing. And that's just about intent. And that's just about the nuances of making sure you feel, smell, look like you want to run the ball. Right, that there's purpose behind you coming off the ball that way so then you can slip out into the pass. So I think that... If anything, LaFleur can scheme his way around having a kind of weak point in the blocking game at tight end. It is going to be fascinating to see what they end up doing here. I, I am very, it, this is as excited, Ali, as Packer fans have been about a team in a long time, just because, just like pure unbridled enthusiasm, like not like we can win a Super Bowl. No one thinks that they can win a Super Bowl, probably, but just to see all these young players, to see Jordan Love, what is it going to look like? What's new? What's different? There's just a lot of excitement, and and I think uh, you are 
And that piece is only going to add to it. So I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Ali for joining the show. Great to talk to him. He's been on the show before. We were joking after we finished recording that uh, he came on the show last year and uh, raved about this defense. And then the defense didn't deliver. So he felt like he had to he had to uh, redeem himself. And, and, and redeem himself, he did. No, he didn't have to redeem himself. The, the defense should have been good. That's what I told him. I said he was right. The defense should have been good. It just wasn't. And did they make a lot of changes to fix that? Eh, well, we'll see. All right, back next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be after week one, Packers Bears on YouTube, baby. Let's do this so you can stay Locked on Packers.